Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at His Hard Line. Let's go! Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and salutations to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He is in the captain's chair and at the helm and behind the wheel. Therefore, that only means one thing. That means he's steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Art Line. Today is Saturday, July 1st, 2023. We have now officially reached the second half of the year. It is July 1st, and you are listening to episode 569, From Low to High, and we'll be doing a reading from Joel chapter 2. So welcome to His Art Line. So as... I always have to put it, my daily disclaimer. Remember, as I always say periodically on this podcast, I am not a doctor or a holistic health expert. I don't wear a white coat and I don't play one on TV. I'm not a financial advisor, a pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or a bar lawyer. Nor do I hold any title of nobility. I don't give out legal advice. I don't have a political degree. And I have never served in a de facto political office at the county, state, or federal level. And nor have I ever been involved with any of those nasty three-lettered agencies like the CIA and the FBI. And I am also not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. However, however, I am a member of the Michigan General General Assembly, and I do strongly advocate for your participation in your local General General Assembly and help restore this republic. I have no involvement past and present with any other groups claiming to be the assembly, mimicking the same intent like the American States Assembly, National Liberty, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, or anyone or anything outside of the Michigan model. And I have not and never will, very important you hear this, have not, never will participate in any fraudulent status correcting perpetrated by David Strait and company. And one last thing, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other materials. So there you go to all the Karens and Darrens. All right. Now we got all the dirty stuff behind us. 
little housekeeping. If you want to send an email to the show, it's uh, hishardline at gmail.com, hishardline at gmail.com. So if you want to uh, find out about your, you know, how to get involved with your local assembly, email the show at hishardline at gmail.com. I will get you in contact with the right people who will get you hopefully in connection with a communication secretary in your local state, or at the very least a, um, a, um, not a communicate, but the, a facilitator of sorts, if there isn't an actual ComSec yet. So anyways, but I uh, hope everybody's having a good weekend so far. And uh, just a couple of things. I usually don't really go over uh, distractive noise-making news, but this is kind of interesting. So something a little local to our state here in Michigan. Apparently, the Michigan House, <laughs> this is so stupid, they pass a bill. They passed a bill that could make using the wrong pronouns a felony, guys. Finable up to $10,000. Yeah. I wish that was a fake law. I wish I could tell you that was BS and that was just something that it just, you know, whatever. But yeah, that's a real thing. Now. Is it going to actually be enforced? I don't know. I don't think so. Because I'm still going to use the regular pronouns, you know, the normal pronouns that that apparently make these freaking weirdos just fly off the handle. But, yeah, the Michigan House passes a bill that can make using the wrong pronouns a felony. A felony. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Doesn't that infringe on, like, freedom of speech? I'm pretty sure it does. And finable up to 10 grand. People. If this shite does not wake you up, I don't know what was. L- listen, it cost you more money in a fine to use the wrong word in describing somebody than it would be to impersonate a police officer. I would know because I did it by accident back in my college years with a bunch of red and blue lights on my car. Yes, I did that. Um, got a $500 fine for that and about six points on my license. Folks, $10,000. Yeah, I know. You guys are probably wondering now. You guys are distracted by that story now. You probably want to know more about that. I'll tell you that in a different day. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. I wasn't even trying to pretend to be a cop. I was just being a smart aleck. And, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about that different day. Uh, my mom's in here saying oh really (laughs) i'm all ears (laughs) (laughs) shut up alvin you stupid (laughs) you stupid shit monk go back in my garden go steal my swiss shard why don't you you freaking thief oh my lord yeah 10 grand i i'm i'm just i can't i can't handle that Here's another thing, though. This is kind of interesting. So this is something to pay attention to. Now, again, again, I'm still sticking with what I've always said. We were watching Kabuki Theater. It's BS. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The U.S. Supreme Court on Friday crushed fake Joe Biden. Okay, by the way, fake Joe Biden. But crushed Joe Biden's student loan bailout program. You remember that bailout program that was... uh, uh, what was it uh, that was going to give about $10,000 to cancel student debt up to like, well, $400 billion in student loans uh, for any borrower who earned $125,000 a year or less. 
and up to twenty thousand for recipients of Pell grants. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what about you know what say you, but I think that's amazing because we should not be paying the bills of those who got degrees on crap that they're probably not even using their degree in. And I'm sorry if you're making one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Now, you could pay back that loan. All right. You were stupid enough to get in it. Well, then you're going to have to be, you know, pretty much screwed enough to bail yourself out of it and not rely on anybody else. But I'm so glad that's done. Yeah. Supreme Court on Friday crushed that. So, oh, sorry, people who took out hundreds and or tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans. You don't get a ten thousand dollar. Give me or twenty thousand for that matter. That sucks. Mm -mm -mm. But, you know, we are in America. This is not a socialist nation. You're not going to take from us to pay off your bull crap, of which we don't benefit from. I thought that was amazing when I saw that. But anyway, so one little one little uh, video clip I, I came across today on Telegram, about 34 seconds long. Talks about how 20, 250,000 drugs and none that cure. Let's let's kind of kind of kind of in a way segues with what we're going to talk about in re, you know regards to raising our vibrational you know frequencies. So j just listen to this. Fifty thousand drugs, pharmaceuticals, and PDR. The physicians' desk reference. They have access to to treat people in America. There's new ones coming out all the time. They're always bragging about how many billions of dollars worth of research they spend every year to find new drugs. If you take out the 500 antibiotics, it still leaves 249,500 drugs. There's not a single one of those designed to cure anything. There's not a single drug in the PDR except maybe antibiotics to cure a strep throat. Other than that, there's not a single drug in the PDR that cures anything. All designed to milk your insurance policies. They're all designed to milk Medicare and Medicaid because there's no laws required pharmaceutical companies to manufacture drugs that cure even though they could yeah that's right even though they could they don't because again it's all designed to milk the insurance companies and they're all in it together it's all about making money it has never been anything to do with curing the body in fact that's what's been keeping us in our low vibrational state of being is crap like junk food um, pharmaceutical drugs you know vaccines that claim to do some preventative stuff like that right um social media tv like all this stuff has been designed to keep our vibrational frequencies because we are all our energy and it was all designed to keep our vibrations on a low frequency level very very interesting it's very 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 interesting so um but yeah there's that um let me get rid of this so i don't accidentally play this on a different day all right, there we go, there we go. Um, so anyway, I wonder, so did you guys have a chance to see that video that I posted on Telegram? It was from my ring camera. You guys have a chance to see that, some of you? Just wondering. Because I was wondering what you guys thought and what your take was for some of you. So, okay, so I know my mom did because my wife sent it to her. Rietta was saying, yes, couldn't figure it out. When you watched the video, did you happen to see, did you happen to see that there were two lights, one stacked on top of the other, that was floating around? So in the video, I'll talk about this briefly and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on, but um, maybe I'll expand on this a little bit. We're pretty certain we caught an orb, a spirit, um, and that's, there's a long story behind that, but 
It's very, very interesting. We're pretty certain we caught a an orb, a spirit that was, you know, visiting because my wife looked outside, outside where that light was on our ring, did not see anything out there, did not see anything out there. And so there is a story behind that. Uh, basically, long story short, my wife has been feeling very, very, because we've been talking to somebody who is very, very, uh, how, how do you want to say it? Very in tuned with that kind of world, right? Her vibrational levels are, you know, very sky high. She pays attention to the, the resonance uh, field, right, that the earth gives off. I mean, she's very in tune with all of that. And so we, we, my wife talked to her for about three and a half hours the other day, right? Yeah, I guess that's what they're called. My mom was saying a spiritual empath. And so my wife was talking to her. Well, we were, but my, my wife started talking to her for about three and a half hours. She's in the assembly. And it's very interesting. So anyway, to make a long story short, because we got a lot to go over here. My wife is starting to feel a little bad because, you know, I remember how I was telling you guys a story about Haven would see this light, a green orb type of light in her bedroom. And she kept claiming it was baby Jesus. Well, anyways, it was apparently an infant of sorts, right? A baby. It was a baby because because uh, this this lady, which I'm going to keep her name, you know, anonymous for for privacy reasons. She was saying I could actually see and feel this energy. And that, I believe, is your, you know, um, your miscarried son, you know, that my wife because my wife has had four miscarriages. One of them we buried. Um, because she carried him damn near right to the second term or uh, yeah, second trimester. That's what it's called. Second trimester. And so anyways, my wife, because these were during the years she was pregnant with him during the years where we weren't so good in our marriage, right? We weren't doing well. And if for any off chance that we were ever going to be, you know, split up, she often prayed like, Lord, I have no idea how I'm going to take care of two kids by myself and almost pretty much. I don't want to say wish the baby away, but, you know, just was saying, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I, and I don't I don't know if this is a good idea. I wish I wasn't really pregnant. Well, anyways, then the miscarriage happened. And of course, she felt guilt over this this whole time. So on and so forth. Anyway, so she's had this long conversation with this, you know, this friend of ours. And she goes saying, no, here's the thing. Um, I think that was your little baby, Michael, you know, that was visiting Haven. And my wife was so concerned about, I hope he doesn't realize that we didn't want, you know, that we do love him and that we wanted him because when that little orb was visiting Haven and it was kind of freaking her out and, 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 you know, kept tickling her and like playing with her like kids do. And of course, at the time we didn't know what it was. And our friend of ours was saying, no, I'm pretty certain I could feel this energy and I could see it. That was your baby coming to, you know, check up on you guys and to play with his sister his big sister right and well here's what's interesting finally my wife told haven at that time okay tell the baby he has to go okay it's time to go home he can't stay here and the minute haven said that to him she said mommy the the ball is raining and so the friend of ours was saying yeah that was him crying because he was sad that you were you were, you didn't want him around. And then, and that was the last we've ever seen of it. So anyways, we've been having this conversation that day. And then later that evening, my wife, you know, was sharing this with a friend of ours across the street, sharing the same story because she was intrigued by it. Well, later that night at 2.33 a.m., 
our ring camera was going off, which typically wouldn't be out of the blue because we have a lot of night shifters I drive past. Well, my wife happened to look on the ring because it kept going off. And she was like, what is going on? So she looked at it and realized that there's this light bouncing around. And she's like, what is that? So she looks out the window, sees nothing, goes back to the ring, sees it out there, goes back to the window, sees nothing. She's like, what is going on? Saw no animal, so saw nothing and nothing at all. So she did a screen record because we don't have the service anymore to, to you know, capture recordings. Uh, we just have it just, you know, so we can just check in live. So she does a screen record on her phone. And this thing, this orb, if you could zoom in and see it, even zoomed out, you could see it. It looked like a little mini snowman, like a little mini Olaf, a two snowball snowman, one light on top of the other. Running around at toddler size kind of right little kid height back and forth as you saw in the video and my wife knew full well she knew exactly what it was and when i saw it i knew exactly what it was we sent that video to our friend that we talked to for three and a half hours she knew exactly what it is she goes no that was michael visiting you and letting you know that he is all right because my wife is harboring these guilty feelings that i hope he knows that i still love him and i do want him and and she said, no, I think that was him coming back to let you know, hey, mom, I'm OK. And she said, you know, if you end up do getting pregnant, she goes, now that you and Jace are in a good spot in your marriage, she goes, I guarantee you'll get pregnant now. But, yeah, that was very, very interesting watching that because it was, there was no doubt without a shadow of a doubt what that was. You know, it wasn't some butterfly because, like I said, there was two lights on top of each other. So it's not like one bug followed the other bug on top of each other there were two lights so you can't tell me those were two bugs and from a distance they were far away and you even saw some bugs fly in front of the monitor you could tell a distinct difference between a bug and what that was so and and my mom was asking here did you see with the natural eye no that's what i was saying katie kept going from the ring camera to the window you couldn't see anything in in, in the driveway and we had our lights on could not see a thing Nothing with the visible naked eye. She was only watching it from the ring. So, yeah, very, very interesting from the, from the camera. It was very, very intriguing. And so it was, a, it was a really cool moment, to say the least. It was really, really neat. So speaking of that, right, because that's all energy, right? That's all energy. And, you know, kind of takes us into this next topic, you know, because I've often wondered about the energy that surrounds us, right? I'm sure a lot of you maybe have. Because this is something that's become a bit of a new subject for me. Now, granted, I've heard people talk about it. I know people are in it. You know, I just never really gotten into it more, you know, that much. And I'm going to share some more stories on a different day about what I've experienced because we're coming up on a 10 year anniversary of my late stepfather who committed suicide uh, mid month this month. But there's a lot of weird crap that we experienced in that house, you know, spiritual stuff, like really spooky stuff which we'll talk about a different day, but, you know, there's without a doubt invisible currents that flow through our, our world, right? And through our bodies and, and shape our, our experiences, right? It's a very, very fascinating concept, if you ask me. And it's rooted in the idea, like I said, of vibrational frequency. And so um, Destry was saying, lost you for 20 seconds. Am I, am I clear to a lot of you others out there? Five, five, loud and clear. Destry said he lost me for four, uh, 20 seconds. I mean, he's all right. My mind it must be, must be, uh, must be Alaska internet there. <laughs> uh, 
But, you know, so, you know, according to the metaphysical and spiritual beliefs, everything in the universe, including, you know, our very selves, right, is composed of energy vibrating at different frequencies. And it's as if we were all interconnected nodes, nodes in a grand cosmic type of, you know, symphony, I guess, for lack of a better term, right? And some believe that higher vibrational frequencies are linked to positive emotions and, and good health and spiritual well-being, right? And so when we vibrate at these higher frequencies, we experience a sense of uh, alignment, right? Harmony and joy. And conversely, lower frequencies are typically associated with negativity, disharmony, and leading to stress and illness and disconnection from our true selves. But the beauty lies in the power that we hold to raise our vibrational frequency to tune into the higher notes and transform our lives, right? And I think this is how Jesus operated when he was walking on the earth and performed all the miracles. He was operating on a super mega high vibrational frequency. And it's no wonder why he said in the Bible that he gave us, we have the power to do these things and more, right? Do the things that he did and more because he said he was going to the Father. But see, nobody really knows or really looks at that for what that is. They don't really pay attention. They're like, what do you mean we have the power to do these things and more? Meaning I could do more than what Jesus did when he was walking the earth? Yeah, I mean, he said that. And so, you know, one path to raising our vibrational frequency lies in the power of our thoughts because our thoughts are very, very important. That's why I always pray and ask God, guide my thoughts, guide my words, and guide my actions. Because by consciously choosing positive thoughts and nurturing an attitude of gratitude, hence the gratitude journal that I always write in, we can actually elevate our energy and attract more positivity into our very lives. And it's like, it's kind of like rewiring our minds, you know, right? It's like rewiring our minds to focus on the light and the positivity of things instead of dwelling in darkness because that's not a fun place to be you bump into stuff and could possibly hit your nose really hard that doesn't feel good and some people do meditation they practice mindfulness right prayer and it often offers another doorway to the realm of a higher you know of higher frequencies and so when we calm our minds and embrace the present moment and cultivate inner peace, we invite a higher vibrational state to permeate our very being. And so the stillness becomes a canvas upon which our energy can dance freely, unburdened by worries and fears. Again, back to the Bible. Why do you think it says, I forgot where it was. I think it was in Matthew. It was one of the gospels where it says, peace and be, be still, know that I am God. Stillness is very important. Because energy healing can also assist us, again, on this journey, right? And, 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 and there's different practices out there like acupuncture, right? There's sound healing, right? There's, there's, there's harmonic um, therapies. And those aim to balance and enhance the flow of energy within us. And they serve as bridges, helping us to reconnect with the natural rhythms of the universe and raise our vibrational frequencies in the process. It's very, very fascinating. And I've been learning more and more about it lately, and I'm just soaking up as much as I can in it. But it is really interesting because, 
you know, like, like for example, some of the ways that you could really lift up your spirits, right? Elevate your vibrational levels and your spirits, right? Spend time in nature, ground, put your bare feet in grass, listen to uplifting music, listen to the birds chirp, dance like nobody's watching, right? That's what my doctor uh, told me. He says, your, your prescription, you have to dance more. You need to, you know, get, get, this is a thing. He wasn't being funny. And we're talking about a doctor that we go see, a medical doctor from Bangladesh. He says, this is part of what you got to do for your medicine. You got to dance more. So the doc, I dance like crap, man. (laughs) But this is the kind of stuff that reminds us that we are beings of light, right? And we are meant to radiate joy and love. And it's important to acknowledge that, that the concept of five, you know, the vibrational frequency is not just universally accepted within the realms of, you know, traditional scientific evidence, but it also resides in the realm of metaphysics and spirituality, where intuition and experience guide us. That's what he said. My, do- my wife put it right here. He said, you are a ball of energy that needs to find a way to release it. And he suggested dancing like Haven and I. <laughs> and that is true. I am definitely a ball of energy. And so anyways, we need to just remember that, you know, as we each take, you know, each take this step on this path towards, you know, embracing this true essence, right? Reconnecting with the divine energy that resides within us, you know, we need to allow ourselves to be that beacon of light, spreading love and compassion and positivity wherever we go. Because again, positivity breeds positivity, right? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, let's get into the reading of Joel chapter two. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And it talks about the day of our Lord. So this is what it says. But before I read, let me take a quick drink from my water bottle real quick. Hold on. All right. Now we got through that five seconds of uh, awkward silence while I drank my water. Starting with verse one. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming for it is at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. A people come great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations." A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns, and the land is like a garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses, and like swift steeds, so they run. With the noise, like chariots over mountaintops, they leap, like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble, like a strong people set in battle array. I'm going to pause there for a second. You know what comes to mind when I read verse 5 here? With a noise like chariots over mountaintops, they leap. Like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble. Like a strong people set in battle array. That almost sounds like jets. High velocity, high speed jets, planes. Think about it, because they're using terms that they only knew back then. And, and the only reason I'm saying that is because Destry brought this to my attention one time several months ago. I forgot how we got on this subject. But think about it. He's like, how do you think they envisioned what they envisioned in their mind, how they worded it with the words that only they knew back then? 
2,000 plus years ago. With a noise like chariots, over mountaintops they leap. Well, what can leap over a mountaintop that that has a noise, right, like that, with a flaming fire that devours stubble? I mean, to me, that sounds like a plane to me. Anyway, continuing, verse 6. Before them, the people within, excuse me, before them, the people writhe in pain. All faces are drained of color. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Everyone marches in formation, and they do not break ranks. They do not push one another. Everyone marches in his own column. Though they lunge between the weapons, they are not cut down. They run to and fro in the city. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses. They enter at the windows like a thief. The earth quakes before them. The heavens tremble. The sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars diminish their brightness. The Lord gives voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for strong is the one who executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? A call of repentance now is what we're going to get into next. Verse 12. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people. Sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priest who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nation should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? And here we get into the part where it is the land refreshed, verse 18. Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations, but I will remove far from you the northern army and will drive him away into a barren and desolate land. With his face toward the eastern sea and his back toward the western sea, his stench will come up and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beast of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the tree bears its fruit, and the fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. God's spirits poured out. 
And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. I'm going to pause there. There's been a couple men in our assembly that has had some pretty profound visions, and they were both relatively the same. And these are two men that don't really ever talk to each other. But I digress. Continuing on, verse 29. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance. As the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. And that is the long reading of Joel chapter 2, verses 1 through 32. So here we delve into the profound words of, you know, obviously the prophet of Joel in the second chapter. And this chapter paints a very vivid picture of the day of the Lord, right? A day of great awe, darkness, and judgment. And amidst these warnings and impending doom, Joel offers a message of hope and redemption. And it is a call to repentance which is a plea, you know, a plea to turn to the Lord wholeheartedly. Now, let's look at a few things here. So first thing is the, the day of the Lord's judgment, because here in here, Joel opens up by sounding the trumpet and alerting the people to the imminent arrival of the day of the Lord. And it's described as a day of darkness, gloominess, destruction. And there's an unstoppable force that's portrayed here, an army coming with swift horses, devouring fire, right? Overpowering strength. And this depiction kind of reminds us of the consequences follow, you know, that, that follow when we turn away from God, because it urges us to take sin seriously and recognize the need for repentance. Now, the second thing here we need to look at is the call to repentance, because amidst the impending judgment, Joel delivers a powerful call to repentance. And the Lord invites his people to turn to him with all their hearts through fasting, weeping, mourning, and God desires genuine repentance. He doesn't want anything shallow. If you're going to do a shallow repentance, it's not, it's, it's, if it doesn't come from the heart, it's not going to be valid. And so Joel reminds us here that our God is you know, gracious. God's merciful. He's slow to anger. And he is abundantly kind. And he longs to forgive and restore those who genuinely seek him, not fake, genuinely. It has to be real another area here we're looking at here is the seeking of restoration because joel encourages the people to assemble to consecrate a fast right to cry out to the lord because this communal response signifies you know signifies the importance of of unity in seeking god's forgiveness and restoration and i think this is where we're going to have to come to here in this country very very soon more and more people need to unite and forget the freaking party lines, forget the red and blue and the donkey and the elephant and the conservative and liberalism. Forget all that crap. Forget your lifestyle. Forget your sexuality and all this other divisive nonsense. We need to come together as Americans and we need to point our eyes towards God and ask for repentance. That's how we get our nation back. And again, in this chapter, he includes everyone from the elders to the children, emphasizing that repentance is for all. Even the priests are called to weep and intercede for the people, pleading for God's mercy and protection. Now, then there's the uh, the promise of restoration. Because in the midst of all this judgment, God's compassion shines through still. 
and he promises to be zealous for his land and have pity on his people. And the Lord declares his intention to bless them abundantly, providing them grain, new wine, and oil. And he assures them that he will remove the threat of destruction and restore their prosperity. Because again, God promises to make up for the years lost to devastation caused by locusts offering restoration and abundance. Now think about it in today's world, ladies and gentlemen, with all the crap that we're seeing, it seems like we are taking so many several steps back with all the crap we're seeing in our society. But again, this is because we as a country have turned our back on God. Well, now it's time to turn our back towards God. And you know what? Just very well may. He just very well may restore everything that we could have and more. Which brings me to the last part, which is the outpouring of God's spirit. And so as a glimpse of future blessings, Joel prophesies the outpouring of God's spirit on all flesh. And this prophecy finds fulfillment in the events of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit descends upon the early believers. And Joel foresees a time when dreams and visions and prophetic utterances will be poured out upon the people of all ages and social positions. And I think we're seeing that happen today. That's just my take, because you know, based on what I'm seeing with other people that I know in my circles. It's very, very interesting. It's very interesting, considering the climate that we find ourselves in right now. So overall conclusion, you know, this chapter concludes with a very powerful reminder that, you know, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it emphasizes that deliverance and salvation will come to the remnant to whom the Lord calls. Because Joel's message of the day of the Lord and repentance and restoration remains relevant still today. And it serves as a reminder to examine our hearts and seek God's forgiveness and embrace the hope of restoration. So, you know, it's pretty important that we respond to God's call with absolute sincerity and, you know, and genuineness, you know, turning to him wholeheartedly and experiencing the outpouring of his spirit in our lives. Very, very important. Now, as we pivot from excuse me, Joel chapter two into the discussion of how we raise our vibrational frequencies in our personal journey, right? Because this is involving a very conscious, it takes conscious practice, right? And it takes self-awareness. You have to have a somewhat strong sense of self-awareness. Now, here are some of the approaches that you can probably consider, right? With, with, and this is something I'm working on myself, too. This is why the show is called Low to High, because a lot of what we've been taught and a lot that we've been exposed to from entertainment and, and, and television and our junk food, our food manufacturing and, and the pesticides they spray on our vegetables and the pharmaceutical companies and the drug companies and alcohol and just everything in between, all this crap is designed to lower our vibrational frequency. Why? Because they don't want us understanding and realizing who we are and the kind of power that we have that God gave us. So one thing that we can do to raise our our frequencies is cultivate positive thoughts. Well, Jason, that seems pretty simple. Is it? Because there's a lot of crabby people out there that often say, well, I'm positive, I'm positive. No, they're not. You got to very you got to pay very close attention to your your thought patterns and consciously choose positive uplifting thoughts. 
practice gratitude. Focus on the good in your life, right? Affirmations can also be helpful in shifting your, your mindset towards positivity. All right, this is why I often advocate you guys get a gratitude journal. Write in it every day when you wake up in the morning or while you're sitting down for coffee or having breakfast or when you're sitting down at your desk for the first 15 minutes of your workday. Take a couple few minutes and write in your gratitude journal the top five things that you are very thankful for. Another thing you could do is engage in mindfulness and meditate, you know, meditation or prayer for some, right? I think prayer and meditation kind of can fall in one of the same to a degree. I guess meditation more is, you know, where you're kind of more quiet and you're just alone in your thoughts, right? But set aside time, no matter what it is, set aside time for meditation and mindfulness. Because these techniques have been shown to calm the mind. They've been proven to bring awareness to the present moment, and it allows for a deeper connection with your inner self, right? This can lead to higher vibrational state of being. Another thing you could do, surround yourself with positivity. Jason, it seems like you're telling us some pretty obvious crap here. Am I though? Yeah, it seems obvious, but are you practicing it? Because a lot of people know this stuff. The difference is, are you practicing it? See, there's, there's a difference between knowing it and then apply, you know, putting application to it. See, you know, there's that old saying, and I hate when people say, well, knowledge is power. Is it? Because you could have all the knowledge in the world, but it's the application of that knowledge that's powerful. How are you going to use that knowledge? So again, surround yourself with positivity. Seek out positive influences. Surround yourself with uplifting people, environments, activities. Limit exposure to negative stuff. Whether if it's news or Facebook, social media, right? Or maybe a toxic relationship with somebody who's always a Debbie Downer. Limit your exposure to that crap. Because surrounding yourself with positivity can actually have a very profound impact on your vibrational frequencies. This is all very important to your, your, your mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health. Here's another thing you can do. Practice self-care and self-love. Well, what's that mean? Well, take care of your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Prioritize the activities that nourish your body, mind, and soul. Engage in self-care practices that resonate with you. Well, what's that look like? I don't know. Exercise, walking, biking, healthy eating, nurturing relationships, engaging in hobbies that bring you joy, volunteering. I mean, it, there's it, it, the list can go on. Connect with nature. That's another important one. Spend time in nature. Appreciate its beauty. Be in the moment. Engaging with the natural world can help you align your energy with your, you know, with the harmonious vibrations of the earth. And boy, oh boy, let me tell you what, the world really is a miraculous thing. I'm not going to say a magical thing. It's a miraculous thing because it was given to us by God. And there really is a unique structure that a lot of people often overlook because it's vibrating so high. You don't even see it. Another thing that we can do, engage in creative expression. What, like paint? Maybe. Tap into your creative side. Express yourself through art, music, writing, right? Anything creative. For Destry, it's welding. That's his workshop. 
welding and fabrication, that's his art. He loves doing that. For some, it might be just coloring with a colored pencil set and everything in between. Singing, composition, music composition. Again, creative expression can help raise your vibrational frequency by connecting with your inner essence. Here's another thing. Yeah, like my wife says right here, find what sets your soul on fire and truly, at, you know, and be truly at peace and be happy. Yes. Practice, and it could be gardening, right? Practice, here's another thing. Practice energy healing. Practice energy healing uh, modalities, I believe is what this word is. Explore energy healing modalities such as, you know, like acupuncture or uh, sound healing or, you know, um, some people do light therapy, right? With using uh, crystals and stuff like that. It's energy, right? Light, light workers, I guess, is what they call them. You know, because these practices are believed to balance and enhance the flow of energy in the body, raising vibrational frequencies you know the the power of harmonic therapy that's a very powerful thing to heal the body here's another thing a last thing how to raise the vibrational frequencies cultivate compassion and love foster a mindset of compassion kindness and love towards yourself and others acts of kindness and practicing forgiveness very important i'm pretty sure god and jesus talked about that a lot in the bible Practicing acts of kindness and practicing forgiveness, that can create a positive ripple effect, elevating the vibrational frequency around you. So you got to remember, raising your vibrational frequency, folks, is a continuous process and not a one and done thing. See, this requires continual self-reflection, continual commitment, and patience. And yeah, I know, um, patience is not my forte, but I'm working on it. But we got to find what resonates with with ourselves, right? You got to find what resonates with you and create a personalized practice that aligns with your beliefs and values. Now, as I was kind of going over these eight things that we could do to raise our vibrational levels, I was wondering how can any of this tie into the, what we just read in the book of Joel chapter two. Now, while Joel chapter two primarily focuses on the theme of, you know, repentance, restoration, and outpouring of God's spirit, Obviously, it doesn't directly address raising vibrational frequencies, right, as a specific concept. But there are elements that can be related, like, for example, repentance and shifting mindsets. Because Joel chapter 2, 12 through 13, the prophet calls for repentance, urging people to return to God with all their hearts, right, using fasting and weeping and mourning. Now, this can be seen as a call to shift one's mindset, letting go of negativity in turning towards God's ways, which can contribute to a higher vibrational state of being. And then as we look at verses 28 and 29, when we're looking at the outpouring of God's spirit, the prophecy speaks of God's pouring out his spirit on all people, resulting in visions and dreams and spiritual manifestations. I know a lot of people actively to this day in our circles that are actually experiencing these very things. And this divine outpouring can actually be seen as a very powerful spiritual connection that can elevate one's vibrational frequencies and deepen their spiritual awareness. It is really amazing. Some people call them downloads, you know, when you get these visions. Some people call it downloads from God. 
So while, you know, while the specific terminology of, you know, like vibrational frequency may not be mentioned in the book of Joel, the themes of repentance and spiritual connection and restoration and joy can be seen as aligning with the concept of raising one's vibrational frequencies in a spiritual sense. And it emphasizes the importance of aligning oneself with God. Very important. Embracing spiritual practices and experiencing the transformative power of divine connection. I tell you, there's a lot here. And I'm still learning so much. I, that's all I've engulfed myself in is audio and videos, you know, on this kind of thing, because I want to learn more about it. This is, I think, one of the many reasons why it's so hard for my wife and I to foster, you know, just general friendships with anybody and everybody, because it's like, I don't know, it, it's kind of a hard thing to explain. Some of you probably know what we're talking about. It's just just one of those things that, you know, you want to engage in conversations that are much larger than just talking about Sunday night football or, you know, what happened, uh, you know, wherever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just hard to engage in meaningless, shallow conversations. It's very challenging. Not saying that we are above anybody. It's just, you know, we are, we are, you know, as you begin to raise your vibrational frequencies, if you will, right? And the inner light within you, it's just harder to, to exist among groups of people where they still have a lot of darkness within, within them. Not saying that they're bad, but their light, their inner light doesn't shine very bright. And yet, you know, they don't really have a lot of, how do you want to say it? Uh, contributions that are meaningful in conversation. I mean, it almost seems like a very fake relationship or a friendship. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's hard to explain, but sometimes I can't articulate myself very properly, but that's about the best I can do. But anyway, you know, but raising your vibrational frequency is very important because this is what helps us stay healthy. This is what helps us stay connected to God, right? Christ Jesus. And this is all very connected. And this is why they want us poisoned and dumbed down. They don't want us understanding and tapping into the real power that we have always had. They don't want us to tap into that power because when we tap into that power, their existence is done. It's simple as that. I don't really know how else to put it. And I'm not saying I'm the expert here. I am learning alongside right with you. Yeah, my wife puts it here, you know, best right here. Shallow conversations versus intellectual conversations. And I don't know if intellectual would be the right word. It's it's maybe deeper, deeper conversations, shallow conversations versus deeper. Because, you know, when I think of intellectual, I think of people that are, you know, college graduates and they think they their crap doesn't stink. You know, no, no. Because if you, you talk to me, I know enough to get myself in trouble, but I wouldn't consider myself an intellectual. I mean, I'm very well read. You know, I like to try to, you know, know things, but yeah. Um, yeah, there she says, she says, no, like meaningful, thoughtful, uh, soulful conversations. Okay. Yeah. I can get on board with those words. Those are, I think, better choice of words. So yeah, very good. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Meaningful, thoughtful, and soulful conversations versus shallow conversations. You know, the, the general small talk that, that we can't really do. But anyway, 
So let's get into prayer. And then I got a special surprise for a certain somebody here or some buddies who actually like this kind of music. But anyway, so dear Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you for another day of life and good health. And we thank you for this upcoming holiday that we know is Independence Day. It's a little challenging to actually celebrate Independence Day, um, considering of the people who have tried to enslave us all over again, the same people that we were fleeing from way back in the 1600s, 1500s, trying to escape tyrants and, you know, oppressive dictators. And so while we still want to say thank you for that independence and for the founding fathers that came before us to set up a foundation in which we need to continuously build upon. I look forward to the day where we can celebrate a second independence day where we get our power truly back into the hands of the people through the assembly of states. And with the assembly of states, I pray for all the godly people who just want nothing more than to free your people in this country and around the world. We pray for the good people in the assembly. We pray for our leaders. We pray. Well, we just pray for all of your people that are working in lockstep with you and your plan, Father. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. And so we ask that you continuously guide our thoughts, our actions, our words, and you just continuously show us the way in which we need to go and we will continue to try to do our best to raise our vibrational frequencies, which will allow us to communicate and listen to you more. Just show us the way. And, and we pray for all the people and that have you know hidden and quiet prayers within their hearts. May you tap into each and every one of them and, and, and answer their prayers. And we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. I hope you all have a great day and a good weekend, a good long weekend for most of you. Me, this is day one. I completed day one of six days of work. I got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I'm off on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hee-haw. Um, again, uh, just a little reminder, I will not be having a podcast on Wednesday. I got that men's group from my buddy that he does, uh, Lion in the Sand. He wants me to come out and do a testimony. Um, on, you know, my victory here, you know, because he has that men's group for people that are still dealing with pornography addictions and, and dealing with that struggle. And he wants me to come out and share my story and my victorious, you know, testimony. So I'll be doing that. Um, so no podcast on Wednesday. Uh, there will be no podcast on Friday and Saturday either. Okay. Because Friday and Saturday will be preoccupied. Saturday is the state meeting Friday and having a little family time. We're going to go do some fishing. So like I said, <clears throat> busy in the summer, but once we get past summer, it's going to go back to basically about six days a week. Again, summer is very, very busy. So I hope everybody has a great independence day weekend. Remember to reflect on exactly what we're celebrating and reflect on what we need to achieve again, because we are very close to, gaining our independence 100% again through the Assembly of States. And if you want to know more about that, you can go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. Go to the forums. Go to the free conference call every Thursday at 9 p.m. Do the Q&A. A um, lot of good information, but figure out. And if you want to email me to see how you can get involved in your state, hishardline at gmail.com. 
So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I am playing a little disco for some of those disco heads out there, a little BG staying alive, and I hope you all have a great day or night wherever you're at in the world. God bless, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Forget to check out the website www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Joining us here at His Heart Line. 
see you back here next time. time.